Good morning, you lovely people. Um, this morning, I'm going to be continuing to look at our 365 value statement of story. And I'd like to start this morning by just looking at the story of Rahab in the book of Joshua. Now, Rahab was a Canaanite. She was a prostitute. She was, in all intents and purposes, a nobody in that society. And she lived in the city walls of Jericho, which was the promised land of the Israelites. Now, Joshua orders two spies to go to uh, Jericho, have a look around, and report back to him of what they see. And they enter Rahab's house in the, in the night, uh, but the king of Jericho uh, hears that some spies have entered the city walls, and they send a message to Rahab for her to bring them out. But she tells them that the men had been there, but when it had been time to close the gates, they had left. She hid them on her roof, protecting them from capture. She went to them and explained that she knew of God's work, his faithfulness to his people, and she knew that the land would be theirs. So she makes them promise that when they came into the city, they would spare the lives of her and her family. The spies agree, escape, and return to Joshua. And when the city of Jericho fell, Rahab and her whole family were saved and were then included among the Jewish people. Not a very interesting story, you might say. And Rahab isn't mentioned again until we reach the Gospel of Matthew. And in his list of, gene, of Jesus's genealogy, do we see her? Her name is among of five women on that list. An ancestor of Jesus Christ. Our stories are important. They matter. Now, if you're anything like me, then you love a good story. Whether it's a, a TV drama or a box office hit, uh, you know, a, a best-selling novel. Stories stir the affections and the emotions. And the art of storytelling stems back to the beginning of mankind. It predates writing and blockbuster movies. Stories have always been a way to understand our place in the world. How we understand who God is, who we are, and how our place is so important in this world. Our stories, our narrative, from birth to where we are now, are so incredibly important and entwined with each other. Stories can change the world. However, we often have this instinct to dismiss our past our story or certainly parts of it, especially when we're trying to present a more polished image of ourselves to the world. There is often this feeling that it's not relevant, that it doesn't matter, it isn't big or interesting enough, or it's too big, people won't cope, people will think less of me if they knew more of it, no one will understand or care and I can't share my story because I'm still in the messy middle of it all. But this morning I want to encourage you and tell you that your story matters. Why? 
Well, your story matters because you matter. You know, have you ever felt lost in a crowd, like, you know, life doesn't matter, or whatever you're going through, whether that's big or small, doesn't matter to God? I know I have. But if we look at scripture, it tells us time and time again about our value and importance to God. Psalm 33:13 says, "From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind." But God doesn't look at you in passing either. Psalm 11:4 tells us how the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. You have God's attention. Not only does he see us, but this God, the creator of the universe, the most powerful being ever, loves you personally. Not just people in general, but you as a person. Luke 12, 7. The very hairs on your head are numbered. He knows and loves every single part of you. God's love is present with us through the joys, the trials and the adversities of life. And we all have failings. Times when we get things wrong. And none of us deserve God's love based on our own actions or how religious we think we are. But through grace and mercy, he loves us regardless. Now, I love that line in the film of Bridget Jones's diary. Um, You hopefully will know it, where after continuously saying things or doing things that are wrong or embarrassing, um, herself mainly, but also the character of Mark Darcy, he turns to her and tells her he loves her just the way she is. And this is how God loves us, just the way we are the messy, unfinished versions of ourselves. But what is important is that God doesn't want us to stay just as we are. He wants to be involved in our narrative, to guide us, to teach us, to walk beside us and help us make the good choices in life and share in our story so that we can become all we are called to be in him. Your story matters because you matter. We are called children of God. The Bible tells us that we are adopted into his family. Ephesians 1 verse 5 said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. When I thought about this a little bit more, I thought, gosh, actually, you can accidentally, biologically have a child. You can have a child by accident, but you cannot accidentally adopt a child. You choose to love that child, raise that child, care for that child, cherish that child forever. God chose us on purpose. It wasn't an accident. 
even if we spend our whole lives running from him and have done things that we regret, his love is unconditional and infinite. It doesn't change. He doesn't love us more when we're getting things right or less when we make mistakes. While John 3 verse 16 may be a familiar verse to many of us, it serves as a a reminder that God's love is so deep that he was willing to send his son to earth to be mistreated and to die for our sins so that we could be his children too, to have eternal life with him. Now this to me is just love beyond our understanding. Now, as a parent, the love I have for my children is fierce. And it's probably the deepest love a human can have. It is immense. (laughs) Even if I do, you know, threaten to sell them on eBay occasionally. Uh, But I still struggle to get my head around what that must have actually been like for God. To give up his only son for people who don't know him. For people who refuse to acknowledge him hate him, speak out against him, betray him. But he did. And the beauty of God's love is that it is not conditional. He offers it freely. Your story matters. Your story matters because you are unique. There is no one else in this world like you. No one else has your story because it's your story. It's your narrative. No one else can share your story and give hope to others without you sharing it first. And it's important that we share the highs as well as the lows and the lows as well as the highs. Not to be boastful or arrogant, but through sharing experiences, we are connecting with each other. In a world that is so disconnected, it becomes a gift to others. It is an act of generosity that will create genuine human connection and encourage them that they're not alone and that we're in this together. We are all unique threads of a beautiful tapestry that has been woven through time. We all have our own path, our own part in the story, but God is at work to create a masterpiece. And as Malcolm shared last week, our lives, every day, wherever we are, we are all part of a bigger story. God's story. We have importance. Our story matters because healing can follow. Our stories will range from highs when life has been good and things are going well to the lows when we have suffered, when we have got things wrong and we have turned away from God. And there may be parts in your story that you don't like that you'd rather keep hidden or events that are too difficult or painful to talk about. And they would rather that actually these parts didn't exist. But as you find a safe place to tell your story, it allows God to break into the dark places 
and to bring healing. Now, after my divorce, I was dealing with a lot of feelings of bitterness and resentment, the unfairness of the situation, and still feeling very much the victim. But I didn't want to feel like that. So I chose to share my story and ask for some prayer. So I actually arranged some prayer for growth sessions. I needed God's help to help release me from the past so that I could move on into the future. And through these times of sharing my story and the associated feelings, God was able to work in me, bringing healing for the hurt and the betrayal I felt and guide me to a place of of acceptance and forgiveness. And those past events lost their power that they had had over me and they changed the direction of my story. But I needed to be healed and restored before I could move on with my story and be able to fully play my part in God's story. Your story matters because it can heal. Your story matters because, as you tell it, it will help others. Now, science tells us that uh, when we hear a story, our bodies actually release um, oxytocin. Now, oxytocin is a hormone that, when it is released, it instantly begins to form a connection, a bond with whoever we are with. Bonds and connections that unite us and strengthen us. Now, sharing our story doesn't have to be in front of hundreds of people. It may just be that one person at that one time who needs to hear it. You know, one of the most powerful phrases in the English language is actually made up of two words. Me too. You have no idea how you share your story or an experience that you've had is going to connect with someone else. How they might relate to what you say. How your words can encourage them and give them hope. These moments connect us and bind us together. Now, I've shared before in a other talk about going through divorce and being a single mum, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But during that time, I went through some dark times and a, and a range of emotions. Embarrassment, shame, resentment, anger, hurt, and loneliness. And of course, actually, the relief of not being in that situation anymore. But I remember being at church one morning, and I'd not long been divorced at the time, uh, when I was introduced to a lovely lady by someone who knew her story and knew it was something that I needed to hear. Now, she'd been divorced. She was a single mum, but she'd remained faithful to God, and God knew, and she knew, that God had a different plan for her life. She remained patient and prayed and actually understood that God perhaps had a different plan for her life and that actually she was supposed to perhaps remain single. But God blessed her with a new relationship and they were actually just about to get married. But the hope this gave me and the evidence of God's love and faithfulness in her story was such 
an encouragement and something that I really needed to hear at that time. I needed to hear that it was going to be okay, that I wasn't the only one in the whole room who had been through this experience. But she had to be brave enough to share that story with me. She didn't know me. She had to be vulnerable and she had to be open. And I want to thank the people who come up on a Sunday morning to who's here and who share their stories. And again, to thank Liz Stevenson, uh, who shared a similar experience to this last week on who's here. And I just pray that it was an encouragement to those people who needed to hear it. Now, I've been able to go on and share my story with friends. Friends who have faced a similar situation and I've been able to get alongside them. I've been able to tell my story. I've been able to listen as they have told me theirs. And I've been able to pray for them. They know I attend church and that God has walked and is still walking this journey of transformation and restoration. God can use our stories wherever we are for the, for the salvation of others. And I say that not knowing the majority of your stories. It's a principle that comes straight from the Bible. People hear the gospel from those who are living out the gospel. They are redeemed when we point to the Redeemer. And they are saved by those of us who are saved when we point to the Saviour. It's how we respond to the situations in our lives, our actions, our words, and how we invest in our stories that sets us apart. When we give our stories a voice, we allow them to resonate in the hearts and minds of the people that we interact with. When we speak truth, our narrative, we have the ability to share hope. We have the ability to share God's love, how he has worked in our lives, where he has walked with us through the hard and difficult times and celebrated with us in the good. And it doesn't mean that everything has to be resolved, that everything is all all the loose ends, all neatly tied up in a big fluffy bow. Our stories are still ongoing, but where we share them honestly, the times where we have seen God at work and the situations where we are still waiting, our stories can reach people in a way that no one else's stories can, and we can reveal God in a way that no one else can. Now, some of you will know this story, and some of you won't. And I really don't have time to share the full extent of this story because this story actually spans uh, a long 18 years this year. In the summer of 2003, my my beautiful sister Catherine had a life-changing accident where she fell 30 feet to the ground from the window at her university. She broke her back in several places and smashed her right ankle to pieces. 
Now, it was the night before my parents were actually due to bring her back from university for the summer holidays. So they actually were already in Bangor, which is in North Wales, where she was studying, and I was at home here in Yeovil. She was taken to hospital, and here began the nightmare journey of operations and medication to try and physically put her back together. Now, she remained in hospital there for many weeks before she was transported nearer to home, down here to the Exeter Hospital. And during this time, we, we cried out as a family, we cried out to God, why? Why did this have to happen? And we prayed. The church here was praying. But instead of seeing progress and healing, it actually seemed that things were getting worse. She contracted infections, needed more operations, and was actually in a constant state of fear and horrendous pain. And every time she went for an operation, I'd fear we'd lose her. But God is good. Sometimes we focus on the why. Why God? Instead of where, where are you in this, God? But God was with us as a family in our pain and in our suffering. The support, practical and emotional, we received from friends, family, the church, work colleagues. It was amazing. My parents were given places to stay while they were up in Bangor so that they could be with her. And the companies that they worked for allowed them as much time as they needed whilst they were still being paid full. Now, after about three months of being in hospital and countless operations and procedures, Catherine was actually allowed to come home. But she then needed copious amounts of support to be able to do simple tasks. And she was still in a great deal of pain. Now, we're skipping on quite a long way here. But then after several years of being in this terrible pain in her leg and in her ankle, she decided that actually it was the right time to have her leg amputated. But this led to more operations, infections and setbacks. She was in a wheelchair and unable to walk unaided. And due to the trauma in her leg that she suffered, uh, she suffers with phantom pain, which means that she didn't sleep at night. In fact, she still doesn't sleep at night. But she persevered. She had to learn to walk with a prosthetic leg and do life differently. She's learned to drive an adapted car. And the first time that she ever walked unaided was down the aisle as a bridesmaid at my wedding, four years after the accident. God is good. But since the accident, she has not experienced a pain-free day. She also now suffers really badly with fibroid on top of the pain that she's already in. 
She was not able to complete her course at university and go on to lead the life that she had once planned for herself. We know God has a plan for each of us. But when we suffer, it is often hard to understand what that plan actually is. When you know nothing physically is going to change, although we continue to pray that it will, and you think, this is my lot, what can God's plan for me actually be? Oh, but when she tells her story, or even just a part of it, she is able to connect with people in a way that I can't. She has found herself into some dark places. But through that, she is able to reach people who have been there too. To so many people, she is a source of love encouragement and inspiration. I know she has touched the lives of doctors, nurses, friends, families, and pretty much actually the majority of people who ever come in contact with her, anyone she meets. At the moment, she is trying to explain to people uh, about the devastating effects of fibroid myalgia by talking about her own experience. She actually even sent me a text on Monday morning, I think it was, um, saying that she might even start doing a blog. Oh, and I pray that she does. I pray that she shares her story and I pray that she gets to share all of it. Now, this isn't her whole story. I mean, this isn't even part of the whole story. And her chapter isn't finished yet. But God can use her while she is still in the middle of it. You know, once your story's been told, it has power. It has the power to connect, encourage, inspire, support, teach, guide, and show God's love and grace to others. It's an act of vulnerability. To allow ourselves to be seen. To share our inner beings. And at times, it's not easy. But I think it's important to lean into the discomfort. As we may be surprised at the impact that we can have on others. Your story matters. Because it can help others. Your story matters because it reveals God. Storytelling is a powerful teaching tool. Jesus was a master storyteller and used this method to reach hundreds of people, to tell them about the kingdom of God and to reveal what God is like. He used storytelling, his parables, to demonstrate God's love, mercy, power and faithfulness. He used this method to bring truth to life in an accessible and memorable way. A way that we and they could relate to. By telling the story of the Good Samaritan, we learn how to love our neighbour. You know, the story of the prodigal son demonstrates that God is loving and forgiving. 
story after story that Jesus told revealed his follow- to his followers more and more what God was like. They were told in a relatable way. He spoke in simple terms that the, about things that you know, they would understand. When we share our stories and where God is at work in our lives, it enables people to see God's faithfulness, his love, his power, his mercy, in ways people today can relate to. How our lives have changed. How we may have been healed or where miracles have happened. Where restoration and transformation has occurred. Our stories. And he doesn't want us to keep them a secret, to keep them quiet. Luke 8, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verses 26 to 39, tells the story of the man who had been plagued by demons. Jesus casts out those demons into a herd of pigs. Uh, and people from the countryside come to see what has happened. Um, and Jesus is actually, at the time, asked to leave because it's all a bit too much for the people and they don't understand what's going on. But the man who was healed from the demons asks to go with Jesus. But Jesus says no. And in verses 38, 39, he says, Go home and tell everything God did in you. So the man went back and preached all over town everything Jesus had done in him. We don't want to keep it quiet. He wants us to tell our story. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Your story matters. Because you matter. Your story matters because you are unique. Your story matters because healing can follow. Your story matters because it can help others. Your story matters because it reveals God. Now they may not appear to you to be the greatest stories. But they show the greatness of God. God is uniquely expressed through you. You reveal God in a way that no one else can. So this morning I want to just leave you with two questions. Who would benefit from hearing your story? And whose story should you be listening to? Thank you.